Welcome to the Beacon broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com, beaconbaptist.com. The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Back to the list. Actually, two lists in the final two verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 12. But we have been spending quite a bit of time with the first list, and I do intend to conclude it today. I thought I was going to conclude it tomorrow, but that didn't happen because I took a little longer giving some personal examples out of our own church to illustrate what I'd been teaching, and that took took up the time. So now we'll get back to it and finish up list number one so that we can move on into list number two. List number one in verse 20 are nine items that many Christians would not consider to be all that big a deal. That's not serious. That's not sinful, or at least not seriously sinful. That, that's, that's just that's just the way things are. That's that's the you, that's the way way churches are. That's the way Christians are. That's not a big deal. Not according to the Apostle Paul. He said, "You've got to get these things dealt with and removed before I come to visit you, or else when I come, you won't be happy with what happens." Paul does not consider these respectable. Christ does not consider these respectable. The Heavenly Father does not consider these to be respectable. And shame on us if we allow ourselves to think that these things are acceptable or respectable, rather than taking God's side, taking the Bible's light on this particular subject, and dealing with it the way that God tells us to and that we must do if we're going to be pleasing to Him and are going to be in close fellowship with him, and if we are going to contribute to the health and well-being of our churches rather than to their detriment. These are serious matters. And so we'll conclude that list today on this Wednesday, November 22. Thank you for joining me, and thank you for your financial gifts that help us continue teaching on this station. All right, verse 20, how do we get to that list of nine things? Paul says, For I fear, lest when I come, I shall not find you as I wish, and that I shall be found by you such as you do not wish, lest there be, and here we go, number one, contentions, number two, jealousies, number three, outbursts of wrath, number four, selfish ambitions, five, backbiting, six, whispering, seven, conceits, eight, tumults. Well, I said nine because that's what I counted yesterday. But as I go back over it today, it appears that there are only eight. All right. The last two, the only two that we haven't dealt with yet, conceits and tumults, lap overlap rather significantly some things that were said earlier. Conceits sounds a lot like selfish ambitions, though it's a bit broader term. 
selfish ambitions is wanting to put ourselves in a position of honor and authority that others have not invited us into. Others have not recognized us as being ready for that position. The elders and spiritual leaders of the church have not come to the conclusion that we are ready for that, but we are convinced that we are, and we are selfishly ambitious. We want to be put into those positions in order to to call attention to ourselves. It's selfish ambitions, not godly ambitions, not spiritual ambitions, not ambition to to use my gifts only and solely for the honor and glory of Christ, but selfish ambitions. I want to use my talents to bring attention to myself. Does any of that go on in churches? Of course it does. And so when we come to this next to last item, conceits, we can see the relationship. But conceits, of course, is a bigger word. It really is another way of saying prideful thoughts. Pride of all kinds. Not only the kind of pride that says that I ought to be recognized for my gifts and talents, because I, I conclude that they ought to be recognized. They are so great. How could the church fail to recognize these? That's conceit. And pride is one of our biggest problems. I hope you know that. I hope I don't have to convince you that. Pride is really at the root of virtually every sin. The very first sin that I think occurred in the whole universe was Lucifer, lifted up in pride, who wanted to to share God's honor for himself. He thought he was qualified to be like the Most High. To be like God. And of course, he was not. He's a creature. God is the creator. God is the eternal, uncreated one who is supreme over everything else. Lucifer, the shining angel, was a creature that God created, but God created him as the most majestic, the most able, the most glorious of all created beings, and it went to his head. He wasn't content with being the most glorious of all created beings. He wanted to share glory that goes only to God, the uncreated creator. Pride. And that began the whole the whole um, issue of evil, the, the whole beginning of evil. In this universe, which quickly spread, Satan in the Garden of Eden tempted Eve and spread that sin of pride to mankind. That's what it was. He appealed to her pride. Why, God doesn't want you to be like himself. That's what Satan wanted to be, was but like God. And he was still chafing that God didn't consider Satan to be equal with himself and to to be qualified to share his glory that belongs only to God. Why, God doesn't want you to be like himself. He knows that if you eat of this fruit, you shall be like gods, knowing good from evil, appealing to her pride in a similar way that Satan himself had been lifted up in pride. Conceit. We've got to slay the sin of pride. 
We'll never get rid of it completely. I know that. But we've got to subdue it. We've got, got to suppress it. God resists the proud, but he exalts the humble. Therefore, therefore, we are to deal with our pride. We are to recognize it. We are to beat it down. We are to contain it. We are to suppress it. We are to, to humble it. Humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God that he may lift you up. And so conceit is our biggest problem. And we need to recognize that as a problem, as a serious problem, and deal with it. God's people ought to be humble people. All of us have too much pride. All of us have a, a, a pride within us that needs to be dealt with. We need to ask God to give us true Christ-like humility. And Christ is the greatest example of true humility. Read about his humility in Philippians chapter 2. Pride, it must be suppressed. It must be dealt with. It must be mastered, or it will master us, and it will damage others. It will damage ourselves, and it will damage those around us. And so when pride manifests itself in our lives, we need to deal with it. When pride manifests itself in the lives of others in the church, it'll have to be dealt with one way or the other. Get those conceits out, says Paul, so that I don't see any of that pride, obvious evidence of pride, being fostered and utilized and allowed and encouraged in the church. It ought not to be. And then that last one, tumults. Tumult sounds a great deal like the contentions that open the list and like the outburst of wrath that is found third in the list. So there are some overlapping elements here. Tumults is disturbances. It is contentions. It is arguing and bickering and outbursts of wrath, and it may be something bigger than that. When we talk about tumults in society today, we often think about uh, mobs running loose on the streets, the kind of things that have taken place as violent protesters have gone into the streets and broken store windows and, and uh, damaged property and looted and that sort of thing. That, that seems to be suggested by that phrase, tumults. Well, surely we don't have anything exactly like that going on within churches, but sometimes there's some pretty nasty things that do go on in churches. My heart and, and the hearts of our whole church broke several months ago when we received news of one of the missionaries that we love and support and pray for who has resigned from his mission work. I'm praying that the Lord will restore him and give him a desire to come back. But the whole thing was he came home from from the field after a, after a term of service, came home on furlough, just about the time that his home church got into some nasty contentions 
that really, from his description, spilled over into what is probably meant by this word tumult here. He said it broke out in a church service, and it was nasty, it was angry, it was tumultuous, it was it was God dishonoring. Can you imagine that sort of thing going on in a church service on a Sunday morning? Well, it did in this church. I, I thank God that that has not happened in the 50-plus years of our church's history. Thank God for that. But that sort of thing does break out in churches. If not in a Sunday morning worship service, then sometimes business meetings become a time of angry contention to the extent that people stay away from them. We used to have members who are now with the Lord who never came to a church congregational meeting, and I asked them about that because every member ought to be present, and they were prominent members and faithful to everything else but didn't come to church business meetings. And their explanation, which I did not consider to be satisfactory, but nevertheless, they were very adamant about church business meetings they had been in their history that had been so tumultuous that they just were not willing to put themselves in that situation again or even in a place where that sort of thing could happen again. And so they robbed themselves of the blessing and edifying effect of God-honoring church business meetings, which is what they should all be. So Paul says, get those tumults out. Get that pride out. Get all these things out so that things will be in proper order when I come. May God help us to get those things out of our lives and our churches as well. Until tomorrow. May God give you his eternal peace.